0: hi welcome to story time with candace uh first video podcast here i am recording audio also so if you're used to audio and you want to do audio this will be uploaded to spotify um same as always and apple sorry if you're on apple um but I've also set up a makeshift um, little studio <laughs> in my living room, um, mostly because I thought these chairs were kind of like cute podcasty things. I've always known that I wanted to start the video podcast, like about a month after I started with just audio. Um, so I'm a little late, or I'm right on time, I guess. I'm not sure, but. Bear with me a little bit because I have some new things to figure out. Like, for example, I'm looking at right now, I'm looking at my self in the video, but I should be looking here so that you and I can have high eye contact, which I, I appreciate when I watch videos. So just a heads up, if my eye contact moves and shifts, it's because of that reason. Okay, so today's story time is going to be my birthright trip to Israel and then that summer in its entirety. I applied for this trip my sophomore year during the school year at UNLV in Vegas. And I was really excited about the trip. I had gone through like my friendship struggles. So I was kind of hoping to make new friends, but also, um, you know, go on a trip with some of my friends at least, you know? we had decided after the birthright trip, um, a lot of the friends that I had, um, that I'm no longer friends with, um, that they would rent an apartment with me and my sister and a couple other friends in the city in Tel Aviv after the trip was done. And there were a lot of friends who got into this apartment and we kind of like prorated the days and, and that's how we, decided because everyone was going to be around for a much longer period of time. For example, I was going on my birthright trip early, but we'd have like, for example, I had like four or five days overlap with the, with this apartment. So that's the story time. We'll also have this apartment living also. Okay. So, starting from the beginning, we arrive at the airport. I recognize a couple of people right off the bat because we went to high school together. And for birthright, it's LA and New York, primarily, like in a majority way. Um, I think there was like one girl from Arizona on my trip and I did um, Taglit. So it was majority LA and New York. And it was actually majority... Persian, except our my New York trip was a lot of Syrian Jews, which was interesting. It was a very cool experience to like see that community. We are in the airport. I noticed, okay, like my friend I told you, I I knew Candace Manchuri. I've known Candace forever. She was on my trip. I knew the counselor who was my friend Juliet's brother on the trip. And I knew another guy. Um, I'm gonna use a, a faith name for him. His name is David hilarious david is hilarious and candace and i know each other and we were around like in the same circle in high school but i hadn't like hung out with them in a while because of course i went to school in vegas right this is a margarita by the way that i'm drinking liquid courage so we get to israel and we're having a great time i think um i wrote some notes out there are three like big things that happened on this birthright trip outside of like how much fun it was and what we were all doing. But the first thing, which is, you know, not that serious, but kind of a funny, embarrassing story for me, I realized that we were in Shuk Carmel, which if you don't know what that means, it's like a, a marketplace, an outdoor market, like a, like a farmers market in Tel Aviv, and it's, there. there's one in Jerusalem as well, but the one in, um, in Tel Aviv, we went with our group from Birthright to, like, check out. Very fun, very cool. There's, like, lots of different fruits, and in my case, I was trying to buy um, a kiddush cup with a tray, like, a beautiful tray, um, all silver. I was really excited about it, and I wanted to buy it for my grandfather. So, Candace and I are really close on the trip and we're just close in general. She and I were walking in the shook, like in the, you know, hallway together. And, um, she and I are looking and I'm telling her, I want to get this for my grandfather. So she's looking with me and in Farsi, I'm speaking with her because I am looking at the prices and I'm like, these, this is so expensive. Um, like I want to get this, but wow, have you looked at these prices? And I, told her just so that like she could see my calculations also like making sure like true like right this is expensive and she's like yeah no it's expensive and our whole conversation is happening in Farsi so I don't think much of it right I'm just like looking at different pieces but the store owner of the certain like sect that I'm in right now comes out and he's like an older man so I just noticed that off the bat but I continue speaking to Candice about this set that I really like I've like honed in on something I really like and I brought up my calculator and I'm like calculating it doing the conversion cost from shekel to dollar and all in Farsi right with Candice and then all of a sudden the store owner who had been like standing near us this whole time starts speaking in Farsi back to us and I like my heart dropped I freaked out and mostly because I was talking about how expensive his things were and like, or were they even worth it? So embarrassing. Mm. But he ends up becoming like a really nice like friend that I made in the shook. So nice. So sweet. He was like, I will give you and and he starts speaking just in Farsi. Like, where are you from? Like, how are you um, able to speak so well? I do not speak well compared to others, but comparison is a thief of joy. So just don't do that. But I don't speak very well. I already know this as it's not like a secret. So I tell him like, I'm from Los Angeles. You know, my parents um, left the, um, like right before the revolution. So we're in LA, they speak Farsi at home. So I understand basically everything, but I am not great at speaking. Right. So he's like, no, you speak so well. Let me give you a discount on the set that you want to buy, which what did you want to buy? And I was like, oh my God, no. the taro thing, um, going back and forth. And I ended up like settling on a price that I really liked, that he liked too. He in Farsi told me, like, I'll give you this price, just don't tell anybody so that, you know, we just keep it on the down low. I agree, amazing, wholeheartedly, like, love this man now, give him cash and move on my way. Right. So that was one of the days in the earlier, um, parts of the trip that I will remember all obvi- be like, obviously forever, because I brought that set back to my grandfather and gave him the little story and he really enjoyed it too. God rest his soul. So let's say fast forward like two or three, four more days. And we, <laughs> sorry, I'm looking at my notes. We, um, go on the Jordan River. And a part of the Israel like trip is that you're going on the Jordan River to kayak. So they give you um, life jackets and you get um, put into like different groups. So there's like, I don't know, three or four people, two, three, four people in a raft. Okay. And they give you an oar so that once you get into the water, you're able to like move, obviously, though the, 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 there is a tide. So it's not like solely dependent on you. Irrelevant part of the story. So Candice and I, by the way, like I'm always laughing with her. I really enjoy my time with her. She's hilarious. Again, known her forever, so I'm so excited that we're on the same kayak. We get on to like the um, like a platform where you jump into the kayak, and we're laughing because we've seen other people like do it. So. Our turn is next. We get onto the platform. We jump in. Everything's good. And Candice and I start dying of laughter. She's right in front of me. I'm behind her. And I think that there's someone behind me. So there, I guess there are maybe three people. I'm not sure. Okay. So we get on to the kayak and laughing. I'm going in to do my first oar and my face is forward. And I'm like, okay, great. Laughing like this. And Candice's oar in front of me hits my face, hits my tooth and my mouth is open because I'm laughing and I think it's so fun. Half my tooth gets chipped off and I've chipped my tooth before. So I knew the feeling, but I immediately felt the part of my tooth that was off on my tongue. I take it out and I'm like, oh my God, f- like, what do I do? Like, fuck now the my whole like mental state has now gone down the toilet. I'm freaking out. Candice is freaking out in front of me. She's so sorry. She keeps saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I can't hear it because I'm so upset at myself for doing this. The whole, I feel so bad because then the whole mood of the kayak and we are the, like the first, within the first five minutes. So we have now like 25 minutes in this kayak and I can't shake the mood. I can't get it out of my own head long enough to like be able to participate in this Jordan River kayaking excursion. Thankfully the tide helps us so I don't have to really or because I'm so like upset. I'm so upset, I'm so embarrassed and I'm like freaking out about now what am I supposed to do in the middle of Israel with like half of my tooth gone, guys. Not being dramatic, half of my tooth was gone. I felt like, you know, in those movies where they t- talk about like hillbillies, that was me. I felt like an actual hillbilly and I was so embarrassed. I was so gross. I just couldn't stand myself. So I'm I'm crying, of course. I I cry. Actually, I don't cry very often now looking back, but like I cried. I could not stop crying. I was so upset with myself mostly. And Candace could not let it go. She kept saying she's so sorry. She's so sorry, and I couldn't get out of my head long enough to look at her and be like it's okay. I'm upset with myself. I couldn't do it for her. I felt I feel really bad to this day, but Funny enough, Candice Manchuri now is a wonderful dental hygienist. So we love that for her. She did chip my tooth, but she has made it to a level of a profession that I would never be able to do because I, I don't like dentists. I've been traumatized from childhood, so I can't actually um, go to the dentist now. It's really difficult. I mean, I go, but it's not good. So we get off of the kayak, cut to, we get off of the kayak. I run inside the bus because I'm freaking out. And I'm like, I threw away the piece of the tooth. And Candace even was like, why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? And I was like, it's not like they could put it back together. I have to go get like a new tooth or something. I don't know how to explain it at that moment. Meanwhile, it's called bonding now. But I get into the the bus, it's empty. And I'm sitting there like a good cry. I'm like just letting it all go. And the security guard on our trip, Ron, his name, Ron, basically. And he's like, let me look at your tooth. Let me look at your tooth and give me, giving you a picture. I'm like the grossest looking back at pictures now. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. But even back then I knew I was like really gross. My hair was like curly and it was not cute. I was, um, just I it looked awkward it looked very weird I, I didn't bring an iron it was I didn't like put makeup on I just wish I did for, for all these pictures my Rosacea is like flaring at every possible moment because of a summer in Tel Aviv you you would know like it's just really hot so I'm crying in the bus it's hot I'm sweaty this really cute guy who is the security guard of our trip is like trying to help me, and he's like, "Let me see if there's any bleeding in your mouth. Like, let me see if it's everything was okay. Like, I, I just want to find out if you're okay." And I'm like, "I'm not okay. Like, I hate this. I'm crying so bad." I finally show him like really quickly. And he's like, okay, so the inside of your mouth is fine. It didn't cut any part of your lip. You're okay. And I was like, I'm not okay. I hate this. Why does this stuff happen to me? Like very much in my feelings a lot. And I don't know that he can handle it. Not that I care. Meanwhile, all of this is happening. Rumors start like pilling about the trip um, with everybody thinking that Candace is, Candace Manchuri um, is, because she feels really bad, like, me, this Candace, is probably, like, hates her. So now everybody, without me knowing, has, like, pitted us against each other. And I had no idea. When I found out, like, within hours of everybody getting back on the bus, I immediately was like, no, I I don't think you guys understand. Like, I'm not angry with her. I'm angry with myself. I can't believe I let look like this. I can't take pictures. And for a 20-year-old girl, like, it was... I wanted to take pictures of this Israel trip. So I was just very sad. Um, but I was—I kept telling everyone like, no, I promise you it's not Candice. It's me. I'm upset with myself. So anyway, um, about a couple days later, because, okay, after this, we immediately go to Svat, And Svat is a city, it's gorgeous. It's actually the holiest city in Israel. And it's beautiful, but I... I'm still stuck mentally, like with my tooth is like half off, and now I'm like smiling pictures without my teeth showing. Like, like I'm embarrassed, um, and I mean honestly, rightfully so. Like I can't tell you one girl in their like leaving their teen years, fresh twenty-one year old, like being okay with taking open mouth pictures with half your tooth, front tooth gone. So um, we're like in spot, and I'm like visibly withdrawn, not like myself at all. The next day, we're supposed to go to Yad Vashem, the Holocaust Museum there. Now, this isn't my first time being in Israel. So I had already gone to the museum, which is helpful to know because about uh, like two nights after this happened to my tooth, one of the counselors after spot comes up to me Um, her name is Naomi. She comes up to me and she's like, have you been to Yad Vashem? And I said, yes. Yeah. I've been with my family. Why? And she was like, okay, while the rest of the trip is going to Yad Vashem, do you want me to take you to a dentist? Me? I was freaking out. So happy. I, I was like, please, please, please. She's like, okay. So when the rest of the trip goes there, we will leave from Yad Vashem and we will go to the dentist's office. I thank her profusely, profusely. We go to the dentist's office the next day. Everyone's at Yad Vashem, which I completely uh, recommend for anybody who hasn't gone. It's powerful. It's amazing. It's just, it's something that you must see at least once in your life. So we go to the dentist. The dentist is in a mall. It's in an Israeli mall. So we go to a mall. I remember getting out of the mall and thinking like, I remember getting out of the cab, going into the mall thinking like, I don't understand, like, why did we do this? And she said, no, the, the dentist office is in there. We go to the dentist's office and we walk in and immediately he comes up to me like white coat, comes up to me, rapid fire Hebrew. And I was like, no, no. I was like, one second. I put my hands out in front of me like this. And I was like, no. And I took out my credit card and I took it out and I shoved it like right in front of my face and I was like, and I showed my tooth. I'm like, can you fix this? With the credit card in my hand showing him. And he looks at me, he goes, Can? yes, and I was like, Oh, okay. amazing. I don't need to know anything else. I don't want to know anything else. I don't want to speak further. You understand and we can continue on, right? I sit down, I've blocked out like mentally what happened when I sat on the chair because again, I don't like dentists. I can't do it. Props to Candice Manchuri who can actually be in a dentist's office for more than an hour. And he fixes my tooth. I'm so happy. I hugged him. I paid the bill. I have no idea how much it was. My dad will probably know. Maybe we'll ask him. I'm not sure. And I, I couldn't be happier. My tooth is back. I am like... Yes, yes, amazing. Let's go, Naomi. She's excited for me. I'm so embarrassed that I just gave the peace sign to the video. Anyway, sorry. Getting out of my head. We go back to the group. Everyone's like, "Oh my god, Candice! Yay, yay, yay!" Candace made sure he's like, "Oh my god, I'm so happy that's fixed." I are you so happy? And I was like, "I'm so happy." I like hug her. At this time, people are still kind of a little bit like thinking that we're mad at each other, which. I'm not. I was never mad at her. I was upset with myself that I got myself into the situation. Self-aware queen. Um, So I, the next day, whatever, a couple days later, uh, we're coming towards the end of the trip. And the last couple of days you go for a birthright, you go to the Bedouin tents. The Bedouins are a group of people in Israel that live out in the desert. And part of the birthright trip is to take you out there to see how this group of people live, lives. And you have a meal there, you have different walks. I think there's camel rides. um, And it's a really fun, you know, different like culture aspect for the trip. And we drive out to the desert. It's like an hour or two in a bus to get there. And the the bus stops when we get there, right? Now I'm walking from the bus, like in the, um, uh, in the bus towards the exit, right? In the, in the front. And I see the steps in front of me. I can still picture it. I see the steps in front of me. And it wasn't like I jumped off, like to be cool. You know, I, I missed a step and fell off a parked bus, I'm a really clumsy person. I-, I used to be much clumsier. And now I'm just like mildly clumsy. Back then I was wildly clumsy. And I fall off of the bus. Everyone assumes that Candice Manchuria is behind me and pushed me. I'm not sure why everyone is villainizing our situation because we have the same name. I'm not sure. But it be- that that is the story that I found out le- later. Um, so... <sighs> We, so so I fall off of the bus. I miss a step, fall off of the bus, get onto the, like I'm on the ground now, freaking out. Like, oh my God, I heard something. It was, that wasn't good. And I get up, notice I can't put any weight in my right foot. Doesn't look good, doesn't look good. Mentally, I'm freaking out. I'm like, okay, I have to get up off of the ground because we're in the middle of the desert. There's like sand underneath me, like rubble. So I'm like, okay, great, gotta get up. I get up, suck it, suck it up, because I have to go pick up my luggage. Go pick up my luggage. Realize, like, no, really, I like can't, like, put any weight in on that ankle on that foot. It's like radiating pain all around. So I pay no mind. I'm like, okay, just like limp to the tent. So we have to go to a tent, and on the bottom of the tents there are rugs, and everybody has put their suitcases on the rugs i it's like 50 feet away from the bus i managed to get there i've been limping i get there the security guard Ran is following me because he's noticing my limp so i sit down i look at my foot realize it's a little swollen but i take off my shoe and notice oh my god the amount of swelling already it's large and he is looking at my foot like that's not good like that's really not good And I'm like, yeah, I know. No shit. It's huge. It looks like the size of a football. And I immediately like, or I have been crying. And now I'm like, no, I'm crying. I'm crying. The pain has only intensified now that I've sat down. The security guard puts um, a, a luggage under my foot and I think it's my luggage, I'm not sure, puts my ankle on top of it so that it's elevated. Like, Mass that's gonna work at this point. Like, I'm in the middle of a desert and now I need, like, first aid, like, real help. I continue crying for hours, I'm pretty sure. And one of my friends from high school on the trip, David, comes up to me as I'm, like, laying down, eyes closed, tired, He takes a pill and shoves it in my mouth. And he's like, in Farsi, take this, here's some water, drink it, swallow this pill because you keep crying and it's, it's too much. I can't do this anymore. I can't listen to you cry. And I thank him. And I'm like, what is it? Hoping it's like a Tylenol something. He's like, it's a Vicodin. Just shut the fuck up and take it because I, I can't do this anymore. And you're in a lot of pain. And I was in a lot of pain. So like, thank you. Thank you for doing this. I immediately like feel intense rushes of like free like free from pain free free from pain so I'm happy and I'm like okay thankfully good close my eyes I pass out I wake up and people are like milling about I'm not sure what they're doing people are eating ice cream I remember the ice cream cuz I was really hungry and I wanted some ice cream but it's fine Go back to sleep. I wake up in the morning. My foot is still like the size of a football. Like I'm not even being dramatic. It might even be more, but I'm trying to be realistic. It's probably a football. And everybody goes on camel rides. They tell me like you can't go on the camel ride because of your foot. So you have to lay here. So I lay here. Everyone's like, make sure you um, take care of all of our luggages while we're gone. The Bedouins, by the way, are known for stealing, theft. I don't know. They tell me this and they leave for the day. They go on their little camel adventure. And I was like, I am not, that's not me. I'm not going to be looking for thieves here. Like that's all up to you guys, what you decide to leave here, that's not on me. But thankfully, um, David gives me another pill and I'm better for the day, I feel much better. I don't have as much pain, though now there's like swelling and bruising starting to appear right and it's so bad and it's so bad and the pain sucks but I am able to live through this better than the chip tooth so all is okay in my world like it's just pain um I think somebody on the trip had like um a wrap like to put around the foot the ankle not that I really know if that like helps anybody or me at all but we move on right So I'm sucking it up. I'm like, okay, there's now this on my foot. A couple days later, the trip ends. And I've been limping the last couple of days, but I'm pushing through it. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. There was one moment too where I couldn't walk like a long distance. But if things were like short, like I would be able to. The trip gave me a wheelchair. And then one of the counselors, my friend's brother, is pushing me. And it's mortifying, like mortifying, um, because that's just, he's like a much like smaller man than I am. And he's like pushing me and I'm sitting there in pain and looking like just rosacea again, sweating, gross, nothing cute, nothing cute at all. So he's pushing me around the wheelchair situation whenever we have to go on like long walks or if there's like a hike, like I sit back, I'm not allowed to go on it, obviously, obviously. So a couple days goes by and the trip ends. The trip ends and we're, the last destination we're at is Dizengoff Mall. It's a huge mall, it's like really popular, but we're all told like before the airport, we're going going to this mall and we'll hang out, you guys can eat dinner there, you guys can go shopping, but this is the last stop of Birthright. And because I've done, I've extended this trip. So I extended after birthright, which is, what, like 10 days or something? I extend two weeks. My first week is with Ofer, uh, who is my dad's second cousin, who is about, like, I don't know, five, six years younger than my dad. But he has three kids, the first of which is my age. And then he has two daughters um, after the first son. And I love them. Like we've, we've known each other for a while. So I'm really happy to go hang out with Ofer and his kids and his wife, whom I also enjoy. Her name is Ella. Love you. So we're at Disney Golf Mall. And I'm like, OK, I'm going to call Ofer from here and tell him like we're at Dissingoff Mall, come meet me at Ben Gurion, I don't know, in like an hour. And Ofer is like, not having it. He's like, why would I go to the, why wouldn't I come to the mall to pick you up? That's closer to me than the airport. And I was like, I don't know. He's telling me you can't pick me up from here. Um, He's like, who's telling you? And I was like, the, because now it's not just counselors, it's like the head of some, like, I don't know, something. It's a like random man who hadn't been on our trip at all. So, sorry, looking back at the camera. Okay, so he's like, Ofer on the phone, Is like, give me, like, give the phone to him. I'm going to talk to him. And I was like, okay, whatever. I go back to taking pictures with all of my newfound friends whom I, I don't speak with after after this trip, except for Candice Manchuri, who is obviously my friend. Um, and I've known her forever, so I'm not going to not be her friend. Um, after this trip, which people didn't understand on the on the whole trip about like me and Candice Manchuri getting into like beef about my, my tooth. I looked at one individual there too. And I was like, you know that like Candice and I are friends and we're always going to be friends. It's not like I'm not, never going to speak to her again because by accident, she chipped my tooth, whatever. So I'm taking pictures with all these people. Um, and Ofer now has the guy who's telling me that he, Ofer has to meet me at Ben Gurion instead of Dizengoff Mall on the phone. I'm looking at their conversation, and the guy is like screaming. And I only assume that Ofer is also screaming. And the man I handed my phone to gives it back and says, Your cousin is picking you up from the mall, he'll be here soon. I get on the phone. I'm like, Ofer, like, hey, what's up? And he's like, uh, I'm going to be there in 20 minutes. So get all of your stuff together. And I was like, OK, like, do you know where we're I'm like where we're meeting? He said, yeah, the guy told me. I said, OK, great. We go to exit the mall back to our bus where all of our luggage is, by the way, mind you. I still have to get my luggage. And Ofer told me, like, he's coming to pick me up. So I'm freaking out. I we get to the bus. I get my luggage out and everybody is still waiting, I guess, maybe for me to be picked up. I'm not sure. But maybe the the man who gave permission to Ofer is like waiting for Ofer to come, which he does. He comes with Donna, who is his youngest child, and she's amazing. I love her. So I run up to her. I give her a big hug. Ofer talks to the man like yelling, screaming, talking. I don't know and um maybe signed some like waiver that he could pick me up I'm not sure and off we go to Ofer's house Mm -hmm. off we go to Ofer's house and uh he notices my limp immediately obviously he's like what happened to your leg and I told him like hey so I kind of like fell off a bus uh it was a parked bus it was stationary but I I missed a step and I like messed up he looks at my foot he's like oh my god it's so bruised it's so big but he's like but it's okay like it's fine you're gonna be okay and I was like yeah I know I know and it will be okay it it happened like days ago he rewraps it um after like soaking it like in epsom salt or something hoping that that will reduce the pressure of the foot that is now very very swollen it doesn't help at all um in terms of swollenness but I am starting to like learn how to walk without it um hurting i guess and which is i'm sure not helpful to the bruises because i keep putting pressure on it but whatever neither here nor there um and within a couple more days it's still like really painful so he thought like he's like i, I didn't think it would last this long i thought you would be okay but now we're going to go to the doctor because you need to get x-rays of your foot and i was like i, I really don't think that this is necessary and he's like what do you mean like you can't just like keep walking on it what if it's broken and I was like I doubt it's broken I'm pretty sure it's just really sprained it's not good but Ofer is worried I'm now worried because he's so worried and whatever I've by the way like in the last couple of days I've been with him we've gone out like we've I've just limped through it so <laughs> we go to the doctor they take x-rays they give me the x-ray cd like with all of the images on it and they give me the CD and they're like, "Your foot's not broken." And I was like, "Yeah, no, I I knew that. That was actually something I didn't know. I wouldn't. I know that it's not broken. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to like limp. It would be like death trying to walk with it. But they give me the X-rays and I was like, "Oh, hey, okay, great. I'll take it to Amo Albert. He can look at it, even though it's not broken. So like, what is the point? Who cares?" So after that, I think Ofer like starts realizing that I'm. <laughs> Um, just the girl who is like getting, who gets hurt. Cause I told him about the chipped tooth. I told him about the dentist I went to. He's like, who is this girl and why is she like this? You know? And he also like feels a sense of like responsibility for me because his, you know, my dad is his cousin. And so he's like, okay, like, fuck, I need to take care of this girl. But okay. Now remember my extension was two weeks. So I've now been with Ofer for like four or five days And on the fifth day, my friend calls me, Um, her name is Nicole. She calls me and she's like, hey, what are you doing? And I was like, hey, are you out of your birthday trip? And she's like, yeah, I just got out. I'm staying with DJ and, um, I can't remember who DJ was saying. DJ and Roham. I'm staying with DJ and Roham, they have a two bedroom. I'm in one bedroom and they're in another. Do you wanna come here? And I was like, yes. Yes, I think that would be fun. So I'm like, okay, great. That's my plan. Um, I, I'm like, oh, okay, uh, let me tell my cousin to come drop me off. This happened like in the afternoon, this conversation with Nicole. So I was like, okay, cool. Like I'm going to do that. I pack up kind of and somewhat like clean out the bathroom and put all of the clothes I need to like refold on the bed. And I go tell my cousin, like, hey, Ofer, like, I am (laughs) gonna go to Tel Aviv now because my friend who just got out of birthright has uh, this apartment that I'm going to stay in before I go to the other apartment that I told you um, that I'm going to go to. And he's like so sketched out, which I understand now looking back at it. It's super weird. Like, for him to take me in. He thought, okay, I get Candace for like seven days and then I'm going to go drop her off in Tel Aviv uh, by the beach and she's going to be there for another seven days and then she's going to go home. Now I'm telling him, no, no, no. Before that last apartment, I'm going to a new apartment. I'm going to stay with my friend Nicole um, and you're going to take me there. Because he looked at me, he's like, laughs. He goes, that's so funny. I'm not taking you. It's so funny that you think you could go. And I'm like, it's so funny that you think I could go. No, I'm going. I'm going. My friend Nicole told me I can go. And me being 20 and super immature, I was like, no, no, I'm going. Like, this is happening. I really want... I I was ready for some, like, English and for some Farsi, to be very honest with you. I needed to, like, be around someone I knew. I'd gone through a lot, like, emotionally and physically. And Nicole called me and I wanted to be with Nicole. So... I'm telling over this. And now it's like nighttime. It's starting to like his wife comes home. Ella comes home and she's like, how are you? And I was like, good, good. So my friend Nicole called and she told me that um, I could go stay with her for a couple of days in this apartment in Tel Aviv. I'm really excited. I want to go. And she's like, that's amazing. So excited for you. And um, they had just been going through something. Also, their oldest um, child, Tomer just had, like, a collarbone surgery. He, like, broke his collarbone, so then he went into surgery to, like, reattach it or something. So they were also going through their own stuff, you know? And now I was starting to feel like, okay, like, I'm intruding, like, on their family life, um, and I need to not do that, right? So Ella's like, 100%, I understand. you want to go be with your friends? She's a homie. We love her. So I was like, okay. She, she gave me the green light. She's like, but I can't take you. I have to be with Tomer. And I was like, absolutely, offer can you take me Ella even said it's okay and he looks at me he's like I don't care if Ella told you that it's okay you're not going I'm now like upset inside because that's so rude like you can't do that so I go upstairs I call my mom and I'm like mom and I guess I have no idea what time it is there I don't think I even asked I was outside of my realm of caring and I was like mom how are you? And she's like, I'm good. What's going on? What's wrong? And I was like, so Ofer won't let me leave here because let me tell you. So I I talked to Nicole. She left her birthright trip already. She's in an apartment with DJ and Roham and they're in a two bedroom. And Nicole said, I can stay with her in her bedroom. Um, we're going to be there for like two days before my apartment in Tel Aviv that I got with everyone else. Like all my girlfriends opens up and she's like, Oh, that sounds like so fun. You should go. And I said, I know I should go. Offer won't let me. And she was like, what do you mean he won't let you? And I was like, exactly. Like, I don't know why he won't let me leave. He won't drive me there. She's like, absolutely not. She's like, pack all of your stuff in your luggage, take it down the stairs and put it at the front door and tell him you're taking me to this address. She's like, you have the address? I said, yeah, Nicole gave me the address. I wrote it down. I have it on a piece of paper. She's like, great. Take it downstairs with you and look at him and say, look, I have the address. You're taking me there alfair mm. is like no you're not going i'm going to talk to your mom first i'm like talk to my mom i promise you he's like who's there even and i was like listing off my friends i was like nicole is there dj's there and roham is there i've known them forever like i've known them for, like dj's parents are actually friends of my parents they knew each other before the couples were even married so like very real people like i know them it's not like a dangerous situation offer is like oh really like you can't just go and uh live with boys and i was like i understand because he sees me as like his daughter in this moment because my dad isn't there so he has to like be protective but i have a room with nicole so i'm trying to drive home this message right and offer is like not budging ella gets involved in the convo and so she starts yelling i start yelling and tomer is sitting on the couch like poor guy like in a like a brace like back and forth, looking at all three of us, like yelling back at each other. And they're yelling in Hebrew, so I have no idea what everyone's talking about. I'm just yelling off into space. And I'm like, my mom told me I could go. I could do this. Offer is like back to back with Ella, like screaming, screaming, screaming at each other. Finally, he's like, OK, fine, I'm going to take you. I'm going to take you. OK, I'm not happy about it, but I'm going to take you. And I was like, OK, that's fine. You don't have to be happy about it. I'm, that's OK. We get into the car and he like doesn't really speak. He's like not happy with me. And I can tell he's not happy with me because I'm leaving two days early now. And I'm so happy. I'm so excited. I'm smiling. I'm ready for the the next trip, the next like piece of my trip, like the last end of my trip to start. I'm like exuberant and we're like going through the streets of Tel Aviv. And halfway, he's like, where is this apartment? How do you even know about this place? And I was like, I don't know. They found it online where we all find our apartments. The other apartment I'm going to, we also found it online. It's not my problem. I'm so sorry that this is where we found. And he's like, "Ah," starts yelling at me and I'm starting to yell at him back. And we're just like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Like I'm frustrated. My foot is like this big. I'm so done. I love him to death. I'm obsessed with Ofer. I love him so much. But like we are just like, we are like this every time we see each other. He finally finds the apartment. I call Nicole and i like, hey, I'm outside. She's like, oh my God, perfect. Ofer um, is like, have them come down. I want to meet all of these people. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm going upstairs. He's like, no. He takes my luggage. He's like, make them come down. I call Nicole and I'm like, hey, can you come down, by the way? Um, my cousin wants to meet you guys. And I was so embarrassed. Like, my dad had never even done something like that. So I was like, oh, oh my God. Um, Okay, so they all come downstairs, I'm pretty sure. They all meet Ofer and then I'm allowed to leave. I'm allowed to go. So I hug him, like cried at the goodbye because I love Ofer, I truly do. (laughs) So we go upstairs and I'm so excited. They brought bottles of tequila and vodka from Costco. So there's huge bottles. So we start drinking. We're having a great time. We go to the clubs. I have like one pair of shoes that fits me, which is flats, which is also fine because in Israel, people don't wear heels like out or anything really. So I'm in flats. Everything is a-okay. Like I'm limping, but I'm just like walking on it. It doesn't matter whether it hurts or not. I got Tylenol. We're all moving forward, right? So... The trip is like kind of at its end. And after a couple of days at this apartment, I go, Nicole and I go to this other apartment where we're supposed to stay in. And it's like a block from the beach. If you guys know Tel Aviv at all, really, um, there's a street called Hayarkon, and it runs parallel to the beach. And our, we stayed on Hayarkon and Allen B in this trash apartment it was so gross and it was gross mostly because we stuffed like six or seven girls in there and like the shower didn't have a door. The toilet was like five feet from the shower and it was like it, all the water like didn't drain properly. So we had to like, um, use like a mop to get it to go into the drain, which, if you've been to like these kinds of apartments, like you know they all have them now. Now is what I realized. But back then I was like, what is this? What are we doing? It's so gross. But I'm having the best time with my friends, right? So um, we're going out, we're drinking, there's alcohol, there's like a cute like supermarket under us, and we're having the best time. There is a Friday night that I'm not with Ofer, so he comes and picks me up, and we go to Shabbat. I'm pretty sure he drops me back off at this apartment. And we're having a great time. Um, My friends and I are having a good time, but it comes towards the end of my trip now. And I, although I'm having the best time, I'm so ready. I'm so done. I'm so ready. I've been to the beaches. We did everything. Like I have done all of the things that I wanted to do, that everyone tells you to do. I've gone and visited all of the places. I feel like my trip has now come to an end, and I'm actually really happy to be leaving. I am calling my mom just to like say hey like I'm leaving tomorrow and she is like oh by the way tomorrow night when your flight is leaving and it was like a Thursday by the way that night is which um in English god I actually don't know what is it like full moon once in a blue moon maybe I think that's the like the equivalent, but anyway, whatever. So shabanoi is something that like you can't, um, sorry, this moved. Um, you don't go out. You're supposed to be in a somber mood. You're not supposed to be happy. Um, I believe it's like the day that the um, temple was burned down. Oh my God, I'm, I'm so embarrassed that I don't know it. I should have researched it before the podcast, but it's shabanoi. So my mom was like, you're leaving on that night. I was kind of afraid, and I didn't know if I should let you go, but I asked Rabbi Shofet if it was okay. He said that because you're leaving Israel specifically, you're allowed to fly out on Shabanoi. And I looked at her and I was like, love you so much, but even if I weren't allowed to fly out of Israel on Shabanoi, like, I would. I would. I'm done. I'm so done with this. I need to be home. And she's like, okay, but just so you know, and also she's like, tell Tiffany not to go out that night, tomorrow night. I was like, I'll tell Tiffany. And uh, my best friend Dina is also with her, along with like three or four of my other friends who are. We're all in this like one bedroom esque apartment. So when Nicole and I are leaving together on the same flight, we turn around, we tell everyone like, hey guys, it's Shabbonoy tonight. Please stay in. I look at Tiffany, I'm like, please listen to me, just stay in, like go get food, come back in the apartment, eat, do whatever, but just even go get wine or whatever, get bottles and sit inside the apartment and don't do anything. And she was like, no, Dina and I are going to do the exactly like that. We're going to get food and we're going to drink some wine in the apartment. And I said, okay, great. I feel really good about that. I get on the flight. Nicole and I get on the flight. I'm so happy. I fast forward, land in LA. And my mom picks me up. Ellie is amazing. She picks me up. We get into the car and she looks at me. And she's like, have you heard about what's going on? What happened when you were like in Israel? And I was like, no, what happened? I haven't talked to anyone since I landed. I'm so excited. Like, Hey, like, Hey girl, how are you? Love you and your face. I'm so excited to see my home. <laughs> and she was like, okay. So that night Shabbatnoi, she's like, um, so your friends, um, not Tiffany or Dina, your friends who I'm not going to just say their names. I'm just going to give like a, a macro view of the situation. They went out, they went out and they, um, met some guys and they apparently got into the ocean. They took off their clothes and went into the ocean and they came back to the sand to, you know, get their clothes, but the guys who didn't come into the ocean with them stole all of their clothes and stole their, like, wallets, like, their money or something. And I was like, oh my god, no, that's really scary. They, my mom is telling me this story, she's like, they eventually found the people, like, on the street level, like, once they, like, left the sand, they got onto the street level, and, get into like an argument with them. And in Hebrew, they were like screaming at them, God knows what. And my friends end up going to the police. The police write up a police report, but not good vibes, not good. They end up being safe and okay and going back into the apartment, all is okay. But that did happen while I was like mid-air. So Ellie did inform me of that once I got back to LAX. So... That's all in all 2010 Israel trip. And it was a trip that I'll never, ever forget in this lifetime. So many things happened that I'll never unsee again. Like the Jordan River, I'll never be able to like see that or honestly kayak. I'll never be able to do that without thinking of my chipped tooth. Um, And I've chipped my tooth several times since this, by the way, um, I chipped my tooth a lot, so um, I don't blame that on anybody other than myself. But this was a really great trip, and I—it was insane. There was way too many things that happened, but I am glad that I was able to give you the story. I hope that it was a good experience to see it live on video. I don't think I'm going to be able to edit this. Um, I might be able to do a little bit, but not what I usually do with a podcast, which is like cut in between sections. So, this has been a really good experience, very unique. Um, I'll be able to do better next time. Next time, and for the rest of them, I will have a guest on. Um, So, I think next week might be my dad or it might be Tiffany, one of them. And I do that because I need to test out two microphone situations and this lighting and this makeshift studio that I'm doing. And I would rather like use testing on my family. So Tiffany and I, or my dad and I will be having a conversation and we probably won't be looking at the camera. Not that I'm doing a great job at it anyway. And I'm sorry for that. Truly. I tried my hardest. I even like made a post-it behind the camera and like made a, um, arrow to show anyway. Um, I will see you guys next time. I'm really excited. I thank you for being a watcher or a listener. I haven't been looking at the numbers. I'm continuing not to look at the numbers too much. I've seen it a couple of times. I'm really looking forward to just like the future with this. I know I'll get better like on camera, one, and two, doing interviews with people. I want to bring on like fun, uh, dramatic anything. Like I might do another book report. I'm not sure, but I I kind of want this to go all over the place. And, um, if you have any guests that you want to see in person, because I'm now adding video for the rest of my podcasts, um, unless I guess I get lazy and only do audio, but I can't see that happening. Um, let me know, DM me guests that you want, obviously in LA to be able to come over and record a session with me. We'll have different conversations about, I don't know, pop culture. We could do a lot. We can do story time. I'm not sure, but I'm going to put this on my YouTube channel. I'm going to start putting out these YouTube videos along with the podcasts that will continue to be auditory for those who just want to listen, who don't want to watch. Um, something for everyone. So I love you. I I'm excited, but I really hope that you stick with me through all this. Okay? Bye, love you all.